Hello and welcome to World Shop, a podcast about creative writing and world building. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Also, I want to bring up, Jordan told me to suck his nut at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> wow. And he's acting like he didn't. And I just want everyone to know that's the kind of hostile work environment that I'm dealing with right you, now. You, Cody, you've done this before. I don't think anybody believes you because you keep coming back to the show. Like, like the thing is, like, with work, like, you're getting paid. So, like, there's, like, oh, well, if I don't say anything, it's, like, it's like that saves me because if I say something, I might get, like, retaliation. You're not getting paid. You don't have to be here. If this was a hostile work environment, you could just leave. <laughs> it's like you could just not do the show. But you're here, so I don't think anybody truly believes you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I've been sticking around for a while, so. Almost like, you know. like this is year three, right? Yeah, this is not yet my longest running job, but at some point there will be like a tipping point where it becomes it. <laughs> where we slowly, this is the like longest running job. Yeah. Yeah. You to have this. But Cody, how are you doing, buddy? I am really trying to figure out what music I want to listen to for this. Oh, I figured out what music I want to listen to for Can this. Can you listen to the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 um, soundtrack? Because it's one of the best video game soundtracks I know. It's like Capcom all fun. Marvel versus Capcom. No, Marvel versus Capcom, Capcom 2. Soundtrack. Yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah, it's like jazz and funk inspired, and it's really freaking good. I'm <laughs> I'm listening to it right now. I will report as the podcast goes on if okay. this is good. There's some really good songs in there. I'm, I'm gonna I'm say like, some of them are just like menu screen songs, so it's not the greatest, but like there are some songs that are like actually legitimately good, like um jazz and funk songs. Yeah. They're okay, yeah. It sounds like Mario Kart. Um, and I mean <laughs> that in a good way. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I know, like, that was one of my favorite games growing up, even though I'm extremely bad at it. What, Marvel vs. Capcom? Yeah. Yeah. That was it's, like a friend of a friend game for me. You know, like, I never had yeah. it because I didn't have a PlayStation for a long time. Um, well, we had it on Nintendo. Dreamcast, baby. The oh. worst controller to play a fighting game on because the joysticks are like cocked weird. It's really wide. The triggers yeah. are super high up. Yeah, yeah, the dumbest controller in the world. And it has that Dreamcast. thing where you can put the little TV screen in it and like watch like things happening while you play. All yep. of it was so unnecessary. No wonder that system failed. I had an uncle that had a Dreamcast, and I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. I it's was a like, cool oh my system gosh. when you're a kid, but when you're He's adult, got a adult after Dreamcast? playing real systems, it's bad. Well, and I remember he had, like, Quake, and Ooh. we weren't allowed to watch him play Quake because it was too bloody. And then I remember I went over to another uncle's house, and he was playing Warcraft, like... Or it was either Warcraft or Starcraft, but it was one of those original old, yeah, like, uh, Blizzard RTSs. And uh, we were also, like, warned, like, don't watch this. Like, a million goblins are going to get decapitated. And now it's, like, one square pixel of red flies off each unit as another one goes, and then, like, a little red thing flies off. And that's right. That's what was going to damage my, like, 12-year-old eyes or however old. I don't remember how old I was. It's, but. it's very funny today, like, looking back on, like, both video games and movies that were, like, oh, this is so violent. Like, Mortal combat was one of the games that that and night trap and there was like one other was one of the games that like why they have the msbr rating or whatever it's called yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like because it was so violent that they did, were wanting to protect the kids because like oh yeah this is going to cause kids to be evil killers and then you yeah. look at the original um mortal combat and you look at night trap and those games are not remotely the same violence as they are today original mortal combat is both <laughs> extremely 
extremely sexual and also extremely violent. Like well, the com- women are just it, like compared no to clothes. some of the games we have today, where like you could watch a character get just a spear just shoved through their head. Yeah, but and that blood happened and guts in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that happened. But it's it looks too- real. But Cody, what I was saying, it looks horrible. Yeah, it's not yeah, the I mean, same like fidelity that we look, have today. It looks that's horrible. True. Did yeah. you have okay? I remember this growing up. This is like a weird topic. Now this is a weird tangent. So everyone, get ready for a digression. Okay. Do you remember? Were you like a kid that was like really restricted on what games you could play, or were Absolutely. your parents pretty cavalier? And then you, okay, you had, Cody, like, but bad Cody, you're asking friends. this. If you've heard of my parents, do you think my parents were casual and cavalier? On, well, like, what do you care? think my parents were? I don't think your parents cared. It was but kind after of your both. story from the beginning. I do think your parents cared. It was both. Like, we just kind of had Nintendo, and that was a little bit generally more digestible, but I don't think they realized sometimes that, like, a few games slipped through. But especially once I got, like, into, like, my really, like, late tens early teens, like, you know what I mean, like, 11, 12, 13, it was a lot more hands-off, do whatever you want. Um, But I remember I had a couple friends when I was, like, pretty young, like, elementary, middle school age, that had, like, PlayStation and, like m-rated games like mortal Mm -hmm. Kombat, and i'd go over there and be like oh my gosh we should be playing this or i had a friend who had alien versus predator on the computer and i went over and played that game and i was like look at the blood (laughs) the blood nothing too much like that for me except for my brother would get like m-rated like once we had xbox my brother would get m-rated games and stuff from friends to play so like my mom didn't like no longer had like a hold of like what was coming in and out of the house so we so i would watch my brother play um games like that but there's also like a couple of games that were like quote unquote too violent for me as a kid that i was just like i was one who was just scared of everything as a kid now i watch like horror movies and stuff and like i don't care about hyper violence but there was like little things that used to terrify me as a kid we played this game um jet force gemini which is like oh okay you also played it which is like the no! shooting game of ants right <laughs> yes i gotta yes. talk about it but yeah and, and there's this moment in that game where like you go to this place and there's like these ants that are like cursed by this like evil spell that turns them into these like huge hulking like zombie ants that terrified me and gave me nightmares for a full week okay so jet well, looking force back gemini, on now, nothing matters <laughs> this is like a weird thing that i think it's like to me it is it was like so indicative of my childhood that i would assume that everyone had this experience and i don't think anyone else did but me and my brother um i called him about this recently and i was like hey rob do you remember jet force gemini and he's like absolutely Because what we remembered about it was it was a game that looked amazing. We thought it was going to be the most groundbreaking, incredible game. We're like, this is it. This is going to be better than Mario. It's going to be better than Zelda. This is going to be amazing. And then we never got to play it at any point. We never played the game. We never got it. And we were like heartbroken over it because we're like, oh, we got to get Jeff Force Gemini. And then it just never happened because, you know. When you're ten, thirty dollars is money, which yeah. is hilarious. Well, as an well adult. we rented, so we didn't own it. We rented it at um, Blockbuster, and I'm I like wonder watching. If my mom wouldn't let us. That might have been. Why we never did so, so I'm, I'm never watching the clip that I just like said, like terrified me as a kid, and like I can see why it scared me as a kid because like. Because of, like, the draw distance in, like, N64 games, there's, like, this heavy fog on everything so you can only see so far. And then the rain is black because, you know, you can't really render actual raindrops yeah. into the game. And then so and then the zombies are, like, these big just amalgamations of just, like, what is scary to a kid. And I'm sitting here looking at it. like, but really, graphically, it's not that far away from Halo. Okay, well... W- 
Not There's a funny that. story there. Uh-huh. We're getting into old video game stuff that I'm tangenty about. But so I played Jet Force Gemini as an adult somewhat recently. You know, I downloaded yeah. an emulator, got the game. Yeah. Played it. It That's is <laughs> the worst game I have ever played. It approaches unplayable. Really? Like, there are a few games on the N64. Okay, really that, quick. I, I'm just going to interrupt you real quick, and I apologize. But you say approaches unplayable, and I'm like, oh, really? We played the crap out of it. But then here's the digression that you need to hear. We also played the crap out of Superman 64, which is Our literally rated so as low. the worst video game yeah. on N64, period. And we... I we so I like used to say that we beat it, but I actually watched the last scene. We didn't actually beat the game, but we got very, very close. Turns out that it's unbeatable on like the actual cartridge because it's on normal mode because it's so glitchy and effed up. So um I think that yeah, they're like So our standard the generation our standard when we were so kids. Low, yeah. Yeah, like we didn't you didn't really have a choice. Like if you got a game, you've just played that game and there was no there was no real reviews. You would get like a screenshot in a magazine and they'd be like this game's amazing because it's just like game powered and they were obviously paid for the review. Um, so you had no way of knowing if a game was a dumpster fire or not and probably your parents were buying it for you. Well, then that, that's the other thing. Sorry again to interrupt, but that's that's no, the other thing is that like game reviews were not like a huge accessible thing like you had to get them from magazines like because the yeah. internet was not as like easy to navigate yeah, as like it is today power or whatever. so yeah, yeah. you had to get it from like nintendo power and other like video game magazines oh, power, so yeah. you would have to basically go to like a blockbuster like we did see a cover and be like oh book by a cover this game is going to be good and a lot yeah. of times that was completely wrong i remember in the xbox playstation era we well playstation 2 era we bought a lot of games that just sucked well and that's the thing because that's exactly how you would judge a game right is entirely off of its marketing and nothing else like or the brand recognition i remember the first time i found out there was going to be a dragon ball z game i was like this is it this is going to be the game like you now everyone's always like looking for that game that's going to like change everything it's going to yeah. like replace their life and be amazing and it's like the best game ever when i found out i could be trunks i was like that's it I, my life is complete my 10 year old life was complete <laughs> and then i got it and it was terrible <laughs> And I'm like, no, it's how could you do I, this to me? Because I had the same thought. I never had the Dragon Ball Z game. I had like a Game Boy Dragon Ball Z game, which was like a 2D oh. like like top down game, which was actually pretty fun, but like probably it sucks. But like, like, so my cousin had the Dragon Ball Z game. So I have like the few times we went over to their house, like it was like, we need to play Dragon Ball Z and we need to play Kingdom Hearts yep. <laughs> because this well, like, is the that's... only time we'll ever get to play these games. <laughs> Games from that era, like, I would say PlayStation 2 and back that are good, like, well, I would say PlayStation 1 and back are incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that Mario 64 was a good game is amazing. And everyone's like, oh, the camera wasn't that great. And, oh, you know, eh, it's not that good. And I'm like, it was amazing at the time. Well, that's a game in that era because you said, like, oh, yeah, you either bought the, like, games that you saw or your parents bought a game. But that's a game that, like, I completely missed on Mario 64. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I've never played Mario. 64 ever oh it's and it's, it's fantastic and i heard it's one of the best games for, well it is the best game for in 64 period i would say to me it's like the three Star there Fox. well for multiplayer goldeneye is still really fun but i would say oh, it's either GoldenEye does not hold up <laughs> oh i love playing multiplayer goldeneye i'm the only person i know that's good at it it was amazing i love it because i just win and that's all i want oh yeah i forgot life. that you're a person who only cares about himself when playing video i'm games. a hobgoblin when i play multiplayer games yeah, because we, to we, me we've the talked fun... about this all fair we don't need to read yeah this. yeah 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 um <laughs> but like mario 64 zelda or Star Fox. i've 
played all three of those games like way too oh, many yeah. times. I also didn't just, play like, Zelda too. as uh, I like. I didn't play Ocarina of Time until this show. I remember playing through it the first time and talking to you about Ocarina. Oh on this yeah, because yeah. you really liked it, didn't you? Because yeah. it was kind of melancholy. Because kind of sad. Lo- Ocarina, like, because I mean, so I haven't played that many of the 3D Zeldas because of the whole thing of like, oh yeah, their parents buy the games and all that. So. Ocarina is like one of the few of the 3D Zeldas I've played, and it's one of my favorite games ever because because of the Melgal, because like it did such a modern game thing in a time when they were very limited. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, like, the same thing I think is true on PlayStation, though. There's, like, a few, like, diamond-in-the-rough PlayStation games, and there's a lot of garbage. Like, the, res- the original Resident Evil is unplayable to a modern person. I tried to play that when I was, like, 20, you know? Like, a friend lent it to me. He's like, oh, this game's so good, you gotta play it on the PlayStation. I, you know, had my PlayStation, popped it in, turned it on, and I'm like, this is a mess! <laughs> it's like the camera's just fixed, and you're just, like, walking around, like... Oh, yeah, it's game controls. You know? And I love watching everybody, like, do parodies of that, where it's just like, boom, you walk towards the screen, and then the camera immediately changes, you, so you can't see, So you, but you have to keep pressing whatever direction you're going so you can yeah. get to the next screen, but you can't really tell where you're going, so you're just walking to a wall for a couple of seconds until you figure it out and i don't know i kind of love that it's like because they didn't really fix that with resident evil until like resident evil 7 oh yeah because it, it, it's always had like a little bit of a weird control yeah scheme. where you could not move and shoot that wasn't fixed until like six well, or seven and i'll say i think some of that's intentional like well, yeah. i think was it resident evil 4 is the one that like famously yeah, that's famously like the one the, right yes that is the resident evil that's like their Skyrim that they'll yeah. just keep, or their GTA 4 that or 5 that they're just going to keep re-releasing forever. Um, I mean, I can't I wait until they re- release it on, like, um, current, well, modern um, game systems, because it's going to look great. What, uh, Resident, Resident Evil, Evil 4? 4, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never played it. I've really never played any of the Resident Evil games. Um, that was another one that was like, ooh, those yeah. are scary games. Yeah, that I was the one. Those. Well, because, so, I didn't know what Resident Evil was, because, like... We like it was a little scary off limit game, so I always thought it was about like demons and stuff. I didn't know it was zombies. My mom just like was like, No, this game is you're not a- off limits, you're not allowed to play this game. So I thought it was because it was like some like anti god game, actually. <laughs> but turns out, no, remember. it was just zombies because I, I like because on Marvel vs. Capcom, my only um. Like my my own the only like Resident Evil I had before like playing them as an adult like was in Marvel vs. Capcom you could play as Jill Valentine and one of her moves is like touch the ground you see this large light and then like a big monster pops up and starts like attacking the enemy and that's her like one of her special moves and I thought that was a demon from hell um... and my mom never corrected us <laughs> so we were I was always terrified of Resident Evil thinking it was like an evil Satan game but it's just zombies I'm trying to remember if I was ever like christian out of a game and i don't think i was because like my dad played doom oh yeah no i was christian well the reason so... i never like watched or played well i had to sneak and watch dragon ball z and i never played the game like had the games except for like the one side scrolling um game boy game that was given to me by a friend was because my mom thought dragon ball z was like satanic thought piccolo was a demon well he is no he's was. an alien he's an alien he's not a <laughs> no in dragon ball he was a demon and then they kind of Retcon Dragon all that. Ball, the American translation always said he was a daily. <laughs> huh. No, I, I, thought, thought, I thought he was I thought, I thought he was like a demon king. No, 
now he, I thought he was always. I need whatever. to go back and watch. It doesn't this matter now. because at least in the um, Dragon Ball Z, which is like the mainstream thing that that's I that's the one we watch, watched. Yeah. The one that I watched, he was an alien. But my mom always thought like he like not something that she saw was the um, Dragon Ball Z. She always thought he was a demon. My uh, oh my I gosh, mean, okay, so this is Goku sorry, this does is just literally becoming... travel to hell at one point, but yeah, yeah, like a bunch. But it's not like it's very it's not specifically hell, hell. not it's... Christian. No, 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 <laughs> so, no, no. The know. Christian idea of hell is different from every other hell <laughs> well i mean it's like there isn't like satan the store the character within the christian pantheon it's like a no, japanese no, game clearly it's made like with like Sa- kind it's of like that, satan like, though like yeah no there's this, this dude oh well then there's also like mr demon. satan yeah there's mr satan but then there was um what was the De- deborah who's literally just satan yeah, <laughs> yeah he has was like he a little called beard. Satan or did he no, just his like, name was look Deborah like and he just looked like Satan. Yeah. But also his um, name was Deborah. Come on, guys. Don't fucking Deborah me. His name was Deborah. Do you want to know the most like late 90s, early 2000 thing in the world, by the way? Yeah, sure. What I had a friend growing up who. Do you know what the magazine Bud K was? It was like a no. shopping catalog. Um, It was where you could buy like gimmicky swords. It's like really stupid looking fantasy swords. So it sounds like work. something that a kid in the middle of nowhere Midwest would love. Yeah, so he was obsessed with those. So we had like wall full of swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had uh he specifically got a women's jean jacket so it would button on the wrong side like Trunks's did. You know, center parted hair. Um that he wore the same length as Trunks's. You stop being friends with him, right? <laughs> No, I became. He was a friend of my brother's, and then we just kind of became friends uh-huh. like later on because we were both into cars and being hillbillies about stuff. He, he's the guy that I uh, straight piped his car with him one winter. Like we got under his car with a hacksaw and cut his exhaust pipe off. It was a 1992 okay, Cody. Go back, go back to the other story though. We can't keep. Doing so, anyways, <laughs> got you know got the trunk sword, got the trunks clothes, and he had a watch, like a digital watch, that had like. A full keyboard on it with numbers. Oh, my God. And he had alarms set on the phone, you know, on his watch. He had multiple alarms yeah. set, like, to get up for school, whatever. And he had one set for the time when Dragon Ball Z would come on so he could remember to go and put a tape in the VCR. Oh, yeah, because that's another thing that we had to do is there was no TiVo. There was no Netflix. There was no DVR. We had to physically put a VHS into the tape and set and it program up. it. So I had a VHS that you could set, like, the timer for it to do, all like start the yeah. recording automatically but yeah yeah just it's so and then we'd have tapes because of, but you like never, we had like whole series of dragon ball z recorded on tape unless you paid attention you never knew when the tape was going to end so there was like multiple times when i got to the last episode of anime that i was recording and i didn't see like the last five minutes because my tape was not long enough and it cut off in the last five minutes that yep. happened to be with zoids and like two other anime that was really interesting oh my game. gosh zoids oh jordan you can't keep talking i know about this is i love how things. we just completely foregoed our usual format of like the whatever we've been doing just to talk about the stuff. No, I just want to talk about Zoids and stuff. I gotta, I gotta rewatch Zoids. Oh, now. you don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to find out that because that was like the coolest thing. To robot me. and well, that and Gundam is what really, really, really got me into like wanting to be an engineer. Was like robots and stuff, like doing stuff. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like stuff like that was so. Uh, I think Iron Man was the one that like. In my little kid brain, I was like, oh, look, he's building, you know, now uh, he's a superhero. So much like robot video game stuff. Like we've had the game. It sucks. 
Robotech. We had the Robotech video game. It's horrible. The controls are so bad in that game. Have you ever played Armor Core? Yeah, on yeah, PlayStation? we've talked about Armor Core some. Oh, yeah, I love Armor Core. Again, from Software Man. I see that still blows my mind that that was from. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, like the you from, know what's the funny, Dark Souls though? guys. <laughs> if you play it though, it kind of fits because it's a game entirely built on side strafing. Yeah. Like the point yeah, is to you lock to your target and then you spin around yeah. behind them and shoot, you know? And it's Which like, is honestly, oh, that's the same core mechanic. In most 3D like, games, that's what you should be doing, I've learned, because like that's how I easily beat most of Legend of Zelda. <laughs> was the side oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocarina Dives, a lot of side, like even um the Bongo guy, Bongo Bongo, is just like mm-hmm. you side strafe and then dodge his hand. And then, yeah, he's just. Did a. Did I tell you about I had a friend in college who said he was playing Dark Souls 2 and there was this really hard boss he couldn't beat, but someone had left the hint on oh, yeah, the floor. Oh, yeah, butthole or something. No, it was try butthole. Try butthole, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like B-U-T-H-O-L-E, you know, because yeah. it's like try the word butt, the yes. word hole, because he couldn't do try butthole. And he said it made him laugh so hard that that's like what got him through the boss. Because <laughs> every time he would go up there, he'd hit it and be like, try butthole. <laughs> because that was their good advice for that boss. It, he just I mean, really, circle though. strafe and poke him in the butt. <laughs> I don't know, like, Dark Dark Souls, okay, we need to get to the show in a second, but Dark Souls was just, like, a true journey in video game, because it's not, like, anything I've ever played where the point of the game is to be hard. Like, like there's not really many things that I played specifically because they were hard. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, like... I don't know, and, and like, and still, like, I get mad if I don't beat a boss on the first few tries. It's like, ah, why am I still doing this? Um, well, I know how you feel, but yeah. So we need to get to the show because it's gonna be like eight hours if we don't. But is there? Let's do it. Okay, I was gonna say I did want to talk to you about Horizon, though I haven't played that much of it, so I'll save it for next week. Fox Machina was good. I liked it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Got. No, um, got Horizon, the new Horizon game. It's I'm only in the starting area, and it's so far exactly like the other one, which I'm perfectly fine with. If you like rom-coms, Always Be My Maybe is great. You get to watch Keanu Reeves get punched in the face. I heard that movie's very good. Um, Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. I I like any movie where someone's like, okay, I get to write myself as a character, and then Keanu Reeves makes out with my face. Done. There's nothing weird about this at all. Man, so if my um, story ever gets turned into a movie, I'm definitely going to just put Keanu Reeves in there. And And I star in it, and Scarlett Johansson makes out. No, you know I don't like Scarlett Johansson. You know I don't. I do, but Scarlett Johansson also, like, there was a a movie written by, uh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, He played Robin in the uh, Batman movie that like the dark knight oh joseph oh are you talking about joseph gordon levitt are you talking about don john or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Where he's like yeah i'm gonna write and direct and star in this movie and scarlett johansson what? is my girlfriend done it's it's it's, and, it's and, all it's all because i'm a creative with julie like, and more because that's like you know just like we're just gonna have a movie where i sleep with actresses i really like <laughs> there's like a few um <laughs> We need to There's like a few like made for like comedians make their own show shows, you know? Yeah. And there was one with Pete Holmes in it called Crashing, and I'm like, Oh yeah, Crashing. You date a lot of cute girls in this show that you write for yourself. Right. Like, Pete Holmes, is this really how your life was? Did you just find a quirky New York girlfriend who you immediately lived with and started sleeping with? Which, or is the, that the just manic some pixie fan dream fiction? girl is just such an eye roll of a trope? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we don't have to Let's that's get to the a, that's show. That's a side character topic. Dice. We don't just need to straight up go into how awful these shows are. Um, roll a dice. Yes, I do have my dice on my list this time. Hopefully. I think I'm going first. Uh, do you roll a 20 or something? No, I did not. But Hold on. I still don't have roll. a dice. 
Oh, I rolled a 20. <laughs> that no joke. All right. Lifting it straight up just to show you. Turning it, turning it, turning it. 20. I don't, I don't, you know, it's fine, man. I'm not, I'm not I, I just think that's very funny. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, what did you roll, by the way? I rolled an 18. Ah, that's hilarious. There's only okay. two numbers I could have done. Jordan, what I'm going to need you to do. Just tone it down or something? I don't know. What What I'm going to need you to do is not take 50 minutes to read your chapter. Oh, okay. That's it. Well, sorry. Do you, <laughs> do you have to go soon? Or are you just doing that no. because? Okay. Well, no, I'm just doing that because my chapter's five pages long, you know, like it should be to fit in the my, podcast. And you're just like, what if mine is 16? Like, Jordan, okay, no, mine's eight, <laughs> but it is more dialogue this time. So it might go a little bit faster. We'll see. We can hope. <laughs> if not that. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's fine. I don't so care. <laughs> one, I did just finish the rough draft of the last chapter today. So that feels good. Um, and two. I also have decided on what the actual name of this thing is going to be called. And for you're giving me a weird look, and I'm not happy about it. No, I'm not giving okay. you a weird look. And so the, the title is going to be No Name um, Wishes and Monsters. So that's. Was the first one called No Name something? No, it was like. A not, or is the whole thing going to be called the whole No thing's Name? going to be called No Name colon gotcha. something, something, something. So yeah, gotcha, I'm, I'm, gotcha, like gotcha. I said, I'm changing the title because of original title was like i was like i don't know if i have a title for this and i called it anomaly hunters inc and then i was like that's a horrible title. oh right yeah, yeah, yeah so so it's okay. now no name wishes and monsters because the first arc deals with wishes and the second arc is really going to deal with like a monster so um okay. yeah it fits and then last i just for a like reminder um nate's mom is in the hot like for the not an actual person i know named nate but nate in the story's mom is in the hospital and that's what's gonna happen to this anywho this is chapter 12, um, Interlude. And also, the title of this chapter is going to change soon, too. <laughs> Rough drafts! Gotta love them. Okay. It was only a few weeks after the Windmaster incident, and summer was already coming to a close. The temperature was subtly dropping, hinting at the coming of a fall season. Um, things had died down for a bit. There hadn't been too much anomaly activity, so it was desk work and general patrols for Nate and I. The scanners always picked up things, but the small ones were usually easy enough for the rookie agents to handle. Nate and I spent a lot of time behind the desk trying to figure out how to classify the different anomalies we had already stopped. Not saying I was... Not saying I always liked putting my life on the line, but I was starting to get bored, as if I was missing some sort of call to action. Even though I was bored, life behind a desk was much better. I was beginning to lose count of how many times I had almost died during a job. Despite not having too much field work, Nate and I kept to our usual routine, a full day of work and then hanging out at the leaky faucet as much as humanly possible. Sometimes Alistair or even our handler Eli would join. I think Eli liked us despite the sheer amount of work we gave him after we finished up a case. We were beginning to be known for being able to solve any case no matter how messy the ending was. One seemingly normal Thursday, things were a little different. Nate left work a bit early, saying something came up with Rachel at the hospital. Of course, they told me not to worry, as they always did, so I shrugged it off as usual. I began to worry a little bit when I hadn't heard anything by the time I left the no-name office, which was tucked away in an industrial parkway as inconspicuous as possible. So instead of waiting alone at the leaky faucet, I decided to just grab something cheap for dinner and head straight home. To be completely honest, things without Nate were a tad boring, but I had managed things on my own before. It wasn't the end of the world to spend a night alone. 
Living alone in an empty apartment could be damning at times, but I knew how to fill the void. The master plan of the night was to play video games until I got bored and then try to catch up on whatever new show was the big buzz. Outside of the constant flow of work, my life was pretty nondescript. For the first time since I had started working at No Name and spending time with Nate, things were quiet, calm, and filled with an odd sense of normality. I hadn't necessarily missed the calm, but I welcomed it. I didn't know how long it would be until I was back to getting shot at by cultists or attacked by psychic butterflies again. The night had gone on like that, nothing but the sound of the TV and the pitter-patter of a light sprinkle of rain to keep me calm to keep me company. The sun had set and the comfort of an end of summer night settled in. Games had gotten boring so I watched so I switched to watching TV. Everything was coming up superheroes recently. Seemed like the comic book companies had a monopoly on entertainment. I flipped to a show about a young kid who was just discovering his superpowers. Shows like this were comforting to me. I had grown up with superheroes and always loved the idea that there were those who rose above all obstacles to become a hero. I wanted to be like that, even now in my late 20s. Childhood dreams die hard sometimes. Even after all this time, superheroes had been in the back of my mind during every job at No Name. With every anomaly came the question in my mind, am I a hero? Superheroes were those who knew right from wrong, and even though the path of right was the harder, less traveled path, they went down that road for the good of all around them. Was that something I could be, something I could strive for? I got the part of saving people down, but was being a hero more than that? Really, what did any of that matter? Did calling myself a hero make a difference either way? Was there really even a meaning behind superhero or saving people, or was it just part of the job that I signed up for? The episode on the TV was one of those super trope-filled episodes about how even a quote-unquote normal person could be a hero through everyday acts. It was cliche and a little ham-fisted, but the meaning of it still hit. The Windmaster incident really made me question what it meant to be a hero. In the end, we did stop the villain and save those who were in danger, but we also robbed a bank, struck fear in those we were trying to save, and caused a fight that could have gotten us and many more killed. I was old enough to know now that heroism didn't necessarily mean constantly stopping supervillains, but about doing the quote-unquote right thing, inspiring others and exhibiting traits that would influence others to help create a better tomorrow. Robbing a bank and shooting a crazed nerd in the shoulder didn't necessarily fit into all of that. That was a side of the job that was just part of the job. We were tasked with acquiring the anomalies at all costs. Maybe I was mixing the idea of superhero good deeds with the perceived good deeds of no name. In a way, we were doing... In a way, we were doing heroic deeds, like saving people from a villain, but was this really what I was looking for? Maybe I was just putting too much thought into all of it. Maybe No Name was just that, a job. And my dreams of being a hero were just that, dreams. I was fully immersed in the TV show until I heard a loud knock at the door. It was so unexpected, I nearly jumped off my couch. Usually, no one knocked or visited unless Nate was picking me up for a job or I was getting a package. The fact that someone was knocking on my door well after dark had sent me on high alert. alert. With all the run-ins with anomalies, my first thought was, what if one of them showed up at my door? I stumbled over my coffee table on the way to answer the door. Part of me wondered if I should arm myself, but if someone or something meant, to, meant me any harm, why would they knock? 
When I reached the door, I took the precaution to look through the peephole just in case. I let, a, I let out a deep sigh when I realized it was Nate, and they were standing there alone, head down getting soaked by the light rain. Hey, they said as I opened the door to greet them. They looked up at me with sad eyes and looked as if they had been crying earlier. Hey yourself, I said. They flashed the smallest smile they could muster. Ta, you sound like my dad, Nate said quietly back. What's going on? What are you doing? What? No, I was confused by that line. I was like, you sound like my dad. Oh, hey, yourself is a dad yeah, joke. Hey Got yourself. It. <laughs> yeah, no. You sorry, hey sorry. Daddy. I didn't interrupt hey that there, line. Hey, daddy. Speaking of fetishes. Oh. <laughs> um, anyways, hey, yourself, I said. And they flashed the smallest smile they could muster. <laughs> you sound like my dad, Nate said quietly back. What's going on? Why are you out in the rain? I said back, concerned. They paused for a moment and then let out a deep breath. Well, the day was kind of rough, so I went for a walk after I got home. I wanted to clear my head. Then it started raining, and I realized I was closer to your place than mine. So I just came here. Thought, hey, maybe I could wait out the rain. Well, do you want to come in? I said. Nah, I love standing out in the cold rain. Really makes me feel alive. Nate said back jokingly, but the energy really wasn't there. What are you doing, Cody? I'm trying to read your fucking texting. <laughs> you know I get the notifications for that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to get the notification but not have to stop what you were reading. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> what, what? What? Okay. Anyway. Sorry. That I just, with no context, messaged on a server that more than you and me are on, this better lead to a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that makes no sense yeah. to anyone but me and Jordan. Okay, I was... More than just me and Jordan on there. Anyways. anyways, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. I don't even... <laughs> nah, I love standing out in the cold rain. Really makes me feel alive, Nate said back jokingly. But the energy really wasn't there. Sarcasm and humor was their go-to defense mechanism when things were bothering them. I noticed that Nate was very good at deflecting, but I was also good at ignoring their light defense. Oh, shut up and come inside already, I said, turning and walking back inside, leaving the door open for them to enter. I headed to the bathroom and grabbed a towel for Nate. They stood in the front entrance, dripping on a cheap rug I kept by the front door, waiting for me to come back. I threw the towel to them and they caught it with ease. Dry, uh, dry off, you're soaked. Thanks, Nate said weakly and began to dry off starting with their hair. So really, what's going on? What's on your mind? I said. I had a feeling I knew what was up, but I wanted to give them the space to tell me naturally. I sat on the couch and waited for them to join me. Got a call from Chris earlier today. He said Rachel's health dipped again, but they were doing everything they could. She was really sick, nausea to the point where she couldn't keep food down, which caused her blood sugar to drop drastically, which caused extreme fatigue, and then she lost strength and was barely able to even sit up or move. It was really bad this time. Things just kept piling up, so I drove out there to at least be there, but of course there was nothing I could do. They trailed off at the end and looked up at me with a lost expression across their face. They finished drying off, tossed the towel over a chair, and then plopped down on the couch with me, letting out a long sigh. It just sucks to watch someone go through all of this, knowing that in the end I am completely useless in this situation, Nate said, leaning back and staring at the ceiling. Their voice sounded empty. I could tell they were truly lost in their own swirling thoughts. I'm sorry, Nate. It really sucks that there isn't really anything to make things better. I guess all you can do is keep her in your thoughts and prayers and all that stuff and hold out for hope, 
I said back. It was a struggle to try and come up with something to help Nate. I was just as lost as they were, but I wanted to be there for them in whatever way I could. Yeah, that's the part that drives me crazy. It's all thinking and waiting, you know. How is she doing now? Any better? I asked. Nate lifted their head and had to look at me. It's as good as it can be. Before I left, she was sleeping, and they were giving her fluids and running a blood test and whatnot to find out why her health dipped again. Chris told me he would call if anything changed, but for the time being, things were decently stable, Nate said. I mean, stable is good, right? I said with a sense of hope. Stable is all right, I guess, Nate said, putting their head back down to look at the ceiling. You know what the worst part is? What's up? I used to not care. I used to want her to just go away and never bother me again. Sometimes it almost feels like I wish this upon her. Like part of this is all my fault. Nate's voice was dry and empty. I could feel that they were, they had been thinking deeply about this for a long time. Her health issues aren't your fault, Nate. You can't blame yourself for something that is so uncontrollable, I said cutting in. I didn't want to just interrupt Nate and tell them how to feel, but I also didn't want them to beat themselves up over how they felt in the past. Understood where they were coming from, though. Something like this happens and you can't help but blame yourself. I still blame myself for my parents' death. An anomaly with knives or hands killed them, and I still stayed up late at night blaming myself for not being able to be there, uh, for not being there sooner, for not doing the smallest things to change the situation. But for both of our cases, there was nothing we could have done. I feel like I'm completely botching the reading of all of this. <laughs> it's like I'm like tripping no, I thought myself you were doing so fine. hard. Uh, I guess, like, I have not noticed your reading, which I think is a good thing. Like, I've just noticed the story. Great. That that's, that's exactly what I want. I know. I know. Blaming myself is stupid and doesn't make sense, Nate said, continuing after a short pause. How would I change her condition unless I had a magic wand? But even with that feeling, there were years where her health dipped all the time, and it didn't even bother me. I simply didn't care. Situations with parents are rough. I basically ran away for years and didn't even care about what would happen while I was gone. I could have changed that. I could have thrust myself back into the middle of a horrible situation that kept me awake most nights. But sometimes you have to just get away. Sometimes you have to do what's good for you first and worry about the rest later. But I paused for a second to think of what I was saying. But you do care now, don't you? I do care. Of course I care. She sucked as a parent. She really messed things up for me. She still isn't perfect and probably is never going to change. Despite caring, there's nothing I can do to change anything. That shit eats me up inside, you know? But, yeah, but... I paused again. I wanted to help Nate. I wanted to say the one thing that would make them feel better or change the situation. But that thing didn't exist. There was never a perfect comment or a cure-all phrase that would help in the situation. That was part of being human, never knowing what you were going to say. I tried to think of what I would have said to myself back when I was deciding to come back home. What would I have listened to? Unfortunately, that magical thing never came to my mind. I had probably only paused for a second, but with everything running through my head, it felt like hours. Things changed. You and Rachel have had a rocky relationship since you were a kid. You were just trying to make things right. I don't think you ever truly stopped caring, or you ever wanted her to get this sick. I think you were just trying to protect yourself from getting hurt. Nate continued to lean back and stare at the ceiling. Well, of course. I never stopped loving her, but that doesn't take away the guilt. 
She's going to die. Nate paused and let out another deep breath. Period. The end. She's going to die. It may not be today or tomorrow. Hell, it may not even be for years. But she's going to die. I feel like shit because I spent most of my life trying to get away from her. Yeah, to a point it was for just reasons. Still, I wasted so much time hating for her and now I feel like I have absolutely no time left. When she does die, I'm just afraid that... I'm just afraid all that will remain is bad moments and resentment, Nate said. I could hear them start to choke up, so I put my hand on their shoulder to comfort them. But you have... But you have both moved past that. You are trying to be there for her, and she is trying to move past her own weird prejudices. You have made, you have made up some time, and you still have time to try. When I go there with you, I can see she appreciates every second she gets to spend with you. It's not just trying to put a bandage on years of dark times, but it's an actual step forward for both of you. I said quietly. I could hear Nate sniffle and begin to, and I began to worry that they were crying. I had absolutely no clue what to say to them. At this point, I was just throwing anything at the wall and trying to see what stuck. I cared about Nate. I wanted to comfort them, but I didn't know if I was, if what I was saying was actually helping or if there was even a way to help in the first place. I just had to try and hope that in the end, I wasn't making things worse. I know, I know, they said between sniffles. I know there's nothing I can say to make the guilt go away or to make you feel better. I continued even though I felt like I shouldn't. But there is still time. You both are doing everything you can to make up for the past. What's done is done. The negative feelings and the things said in the past are all gone now. So you have time to do what you can to make tomorrow work out. You've already started moving forward and I know she knows that. In the end, whatever happens, you have, you have the last few months. Every moment you spent with her has helped you both move forward. I know that she knows how much you care about her, and I know that you know how much she cares about you, I said. It was a complete word salad, but I meant every word of it. What if that isn't enough, Danny? Nate said, barely above a whisper. I'm not the one who gets to decide that. I don't think you are either. Just don't doubt yourself and know that your mom loves you and understands that while things have been rough, you tried to make it work. You have been there when, she ne when she's needed you, and that's something that matters. Nate was quiet for a while. The only sound I heard was from when they cleared their throat, and a few sniffles that followed. Finally, they sat back up and wiped their eyes. Sorry, there's just a lot going on in my head. In the end, whatever happens, I'll be okay. Thanks for, you know, Nate said and gave me a weak smile. Anytime. You're my partner, but you are also my friend first. I'm always here to listen at the very least, I said back. They gave another dim smile, which was almost uncharacteristic of them, and brushed back their still damp hair. I feel bad talking about things like this when your parents... Well, yeah, I feel awful complaining when I still have a chance. Yeah, but just because I had a rough time doesn't mean you aren't allowed to feel what you feel. I ruffled their hair and then leaned back in my seat. We can both be open with each other. After all, I'm pretty sure you're my only friend. Fuck, dude, that's depressing. But then again, that's not my fault. Nate laughed, this time with a little more energy. It's probably because you're always watching this weird superhero shit. I looked up and realized that I had left the TV on. It was muted, but still enough of a distraction for Nate. Oh, come on. It's honestly not that bad. This is the mainstream now. The world is becoming more accepting of people like me. 
I said back jokingly. I looked back at Nate and realized they were distracted by the TV now. I was surprised that the flashy superhero show was still on. I think there was some special happening, so two back-to-back episodes were airing. After a while of absorbing the TV show, Nate spoke again. I could tell that they needed a distraction, and the TV show provided that. I'm not saying it's all bad or whatever, but I just don't get it. Why is everyone into this stuff? Well, it's new and flashy, and there's a lot of cool stuff to look at when it comes to heroes. I think it provides people with hope that at the end of the day, the evils in the world can be stopped, and it only takes a few people. All the time, people feel like the world is falling apart around them, and, sh- and on shows like this, that's not necessarily the case. The bad guys are always defeated, and the hero always saves the day. Yeah, I guess I can get behind that, though I kind of think it goes to people's heads. They think that they are the special ones tasked with saving the world around them, and that there's some big bad guy for them to stop. It reminds me of that sword guy, or the numerous people who join No Name thinking that they will always be around to save the day in the end. Nate said, leaning back, only taking their eyes off the TV to acknowledge that he had said something. Well, I guess I was kind of like that too. Oh, I know, Superman, Nate says sarcastically. Hilarious, I deadpanned. Really, there was a part of me that was drawn to No Name for the potential to save the day. I grew up with superheroes, so part of me wanted to be like that. When there was no hope, I wanted to be the guy to stop the bad things and bring the hope back. To a point, that's what we do, but in the end, it's just a job, Nate said, finally looking over at me. Yeah, we do heroic stuff, but it's always in roundabout ways. Sometimes people have to get hurt for us to catch the anomalies. Uh, Sorry, I know that's part of the job and there's going to be collateral sometimes, but still, I said back, contemplating the duff- I did it. Contemplating the death butterflies and the Windmaster incidents. Oh, so you're still bummed about the bank heist, huh? Nate questioned, raising an eyebrow. I guess just a little bit. I've been thinking for a while now. What does it even mean to be a hero? I said back. I think you're looking too deep into these comic books. There is no ultimate evil or bad guy in spandex that we have to defeat. The world is pure chaos, and sometimes it's just down to sifting through that chaos to do good, to do the good that will help others. A hero isn't all about flashy acts of justice, but it's the small acts of good that help. You know, like helping out a friend who had a rough day, Nate said with a slight smile. But really, though, you just have to get over the fact that we attempted to rob a bank, and probably traumatized someone's grandmother. At the end of the day, we made the world a little bit better by getting a murder off the streets. And we did it the, and we did it while keeping others safe. I know I say it's just a job, but our job does help people. You know, you have a weird way of looking at things, I said back. Well, so do you, Nate said blatantly. Look, you're a good guy. You do good things. You don't have to wear spandex and wield a sword to be a hero. You just have to be you. It was a simplistic way of looking at things, but it made sense. Maybe I was holding on to the cartoonish idea of heroism that I held on to as a kid. At the end of the day, we were doing good in the world. That's the part that mattered. Thanks, I said, and I meant it. It was funny to me. They came to me for help, but in the end, they helped me out by giving me another way to look at things. Cool, now shut up so I can enjoy the show, Nate said back with a laugh. Well, it's almost over anyways, I said back, rolling my eyes at Nate. What? Already? Nate said, exasperated. Yeah, the episodes aren't that long. 
Plus, this is like in the middle of the series anyways. I don't understand how you were able to keep up. Boy hero punches bad guy. Girl he likes goes, ooh. What more is there to keep up with? Nate said, laughing and sitting back up. There is so much more to it than that, I said back. Well, if you wouldn't mind, we could always start from the beginning. I bet you know where it is streaming, Nate said shyly. Oh? I said surprised. Thought this wasn't your thing. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but eventually it's possible for an old dog to learn rocket science. What does that even mean? You literally just spewed nonsense, I said laughing at Nate. What I'm trying to say is I want to learn why you like this shit so much. Plus, I need the distraction, so what do you say? We watch this boy wonder show, or I start reorganizing your apartment, Nate said, smiling and cracking their knuckles. They had constantly teased me about how disorganized my apartment was and how they needed to come over and fix it. I took this threat very seriously. Fine, fine. We can start from the beginning. Prepare to be amazed. I started to set up the streaming on the TV and Nate curled up into the couch. We watched the show from the beginning and Nate bombarded me with questions left and right. They said things from the important like, why did the aliens give him superpowers? To the trivial like, how could someone survive being thrown through a building? I didn't mind though. I like talking about this kind of stuff. Nate lovingly called it nerd bullshit at times, but it was the lifeblood of my childhood. These things were some of the building blocks of who I was. I'm almost done, I swear. Okay. I know these chapters are fucking long. I'm sorry. No, I'm not complaining. Well, I <laughs> yeah, am you're complaining, complaining, but I'll tell you okay. in a second. I'm complaining about something oh, else. thank God. I can't wait to hear your video. After a while, I noticed that Nate's questions died down. The ones that did come were from a tired, heavy-sounding voice. A few episodes in, I turned to Nate and realized they were curled into a ball completely asleep on my couch. It made sense. They had a lot going on in one day. I was happy to see they were able to sleep off the anxiety. I know it would have been hard for me to do that. I looked at the clock and realized it was indeed late. That's a dumb sentence. I had lost time in watching TV with Nate that I completely blew past the time I usually go to sleep. We still had work the next day, but hopefully it would be another easygoing, paper-pushing kind of day. I stood up to get ready for bed. I didn't want to wake Nate or move them. They deserved a good night's sleep. Of course, living alone and being single, I had a limited amount of pillows and covers. I went to my room and took a pillow and some blankets off my bed. I was fine roughing it for one night. It would be no different from the drunken nights in college sleeping on whatever surface I deemed comfortable enough. I put the blankets over Nate and lifted their head to slide a pillow under. They didn't move or even stir. They were fast asleep. At this moment, I wanted to be there for my friend, take care of them in their time of need. We were partners in this chaotic mess that was working with no name. We had, we had to look after each other because in the end, no one else was going to do it. As I climbed into my own coverless bed, I thought about how glad I was that Nate came to me. It was nice to know that they trusted me enough to open up. It made me feel safe enough to open up to them. As a kid, I turned to the superhero fandoms because I had no friends, no one else to share anything with. My parents had all but made sure of that. It was good to finally share something that meant so much to me with others. The apartment was dark and still. My living room was set up across from my bedroom so I could see the couch from the doorway. I left my door open just in case Nate needed anything from me. After a while, I felt myself begin to drift to sleep. My dreams these days were either filled with anxiety from assignments we worked on, or the mundane activities from living in such a small town. 
I never really had those wild dreams you hear about around the internet on forums. It felt like I had just drifted to sleep when I felt the warm sun on my skin. I tried to roll over to avoid having to wake up to the sun. Then I snapped awake. Shit, I said to myself as I checked my phone for the, for the time. I had slept in, way past when we needed to report to No Name. I groggily looked through the doorway at the couch to see if Nate was up yet. They were gone, and my blankets were carefully folded with the pillow on top. Damn it, I thought. They probably left without me. I hurriedly went to the bathroom to brush my teeth and quickly splashed water on my face. A quick splash would have to suffice for now. I didn't have time to shower. I threw on my usual outfit of jeans and a t-shirt and rushed through my bedroom door to catch up with Nate. That's when I saw them sitting at the kitchen table with their feet up on a chair as they casually read a newspaper. They had clearly gone home and come back. I noticed that they were dressed differently with black boots, a pair of torn jeans, and a brown loose-fitting sweater that was over a black shirt. Without looking up at me, they said, Morning, sleepyhead. It's about time you got up. What the shit? I said angrily. Why didn't you wake me? I thought, it, I thought I would let you get some rest since you were up all night keeping me company. So I ran back to my place and picked up some donuts and coffee on my way here. And they said in a matter-of-fact tone as they used their foot to point to a plate on the table that had two donuts and a coffee next to it. Thought I would give you a quick thank you for being a good buddy last night. I walked over and hastily grabbed the coffee and a donut. I was still mad, but I appreciated the gesture. What are you doing? I asked, trying to keep the annoyance from creeping into my voice. Reading the newspaper. Weird and almost archaic, right? I didn't think people still did this, but lo and behold, there were just free newspapers at the donut shop. I say we should stop killing trees and use the internet more, Nate said jokingly. I meant more of what are you doing just sitting there? Aren't we late? I said back kind of annoyed at Nate's flippant response. I was the type that hated being late. For the most part, Nate respected that, but there were days that I felt Nate was purposely trying to test my limits. Oh yeah, we are super fucking late, Nate said, putting down the newspaper to look at me. Timing doesn't matter though. Eli called me and told me to meet him at the no-name private hospital. He said something came up last night and we have a new job. Do you know what happened? I asked concerned. There weren't many details. It sounded like he was dealing with a lot. The main lowdown is that someone was attacked by an anomaly last night. He said it was a school kid, said she was wandering around by that dilapidated abandoned built abandoned school way back in the woods, not too far from the industrial sector. You know, the one that all the kids think is haunted. He also said she got pictures of the anomaly, Nate said. Pictures? That's rare, I said back. I know, this sounds like an interesting one to break the dry spell, huh? Nate said, standing up. They grabbed their coffee and motioned towards the door. Shall we? I asked. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm, I'm driving. They cut me off harshly and then winked. You always drive, I complained. That's because the Jeep is leagues better than that heap of junk you call a car, Nate said. Whatever, I said, rolling my eyes. It doesn't matter. I can just save on gas anyways. I shook my head and walked out of the door. Come on, let's get going before we get reamed for being late. You always sound so burdened. Aren't you excited for the start of another adventure? We get to fight an actual monster this time. Isn't that what heroes do? Nate teased. Yeah, yeah, let's go save the day. And finally, that's the end of my chapter. I apologize for the length. No, no, my only complaint was there was no kiss when you clearly set up a kiss, perfectly set up a kiss, then didn't have a kiss, and I'm like... Yeah, not really. Not not, not yet, Cody. Not yet. You're gonna have to wait on this. <laughs> so, really, I wanted to... Because, like, I didn't want it just to be like, oh, yeah, these 
The other character was wet. Ew. And it was nighttime. Yeah, yes, nighttime rain kisses like the like yes, do that. But like I how cliche can you be and not follow through? That's all I, I want to know. Everything else was fine. No, I liked I everything doing else. This there was nothing over, else over, like was set, setting up what you expect and just be like, no, 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 no. You gotta wait, Cody. But yeah, no, I um I wanted to like establish them as like actual friends rather than like, oh yeah, the, these two started working together and suddenly they're best friends. So I wanted like to have that kind of like connection. You see like their interactions outside of like the jobs that they do. Gotta give them Can there be a Jerry Maguire what? moment? Can one of them say, You had me at hello? No. Fuck you. Please. <laughs> at- <laughs> Are you having to like go go forward five chapters and hastily edit out ah, you had me at hello? Crap. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I just, I don't know. I ha- What do you think of that? Because like, yeah, nothing really happens other than a conversation. And No, I think that's fine. Like you, you, you don't, you're, we don't have page limits. Yeah, but like in a general so novel sense, just, like that makes sense. But like for a show, it's kind of like, oh yeah, nothing happened except for two characters talked about one's dying mother. <laughs> usually that's like the more interesting stuff anyways. So I think that's I don't fine. know. I hope I present it in a good way. <laughs> No, I, like I said, I liked the chapter. My only complaint yeah, is there I, was no kiss, and you clearly set up a kiss, then you didn't have a kiss, and I'm pretty upset about the lack I of know, kiss. I know, Cody. Because I was listening to you, and I messaged... Yeah, I, saw, um, I saw the message. All, I get it now, but anyways. No, 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 no. I messaged a different group of people. Oh my gosh, Jordan's about to write a kiss. And then, uh, you know, 15 minutes later wrote, there was no kiss. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Oh, jeez. So, Kelsey, Scott, Eric, and Diana are all disappointed yeah, in me for not Yeah, of course Diana's disappointed in me. When is she not disappointed in me? Actually, I think she didn't say anything about well, it, but you know. If she's not disappointed in me, then I'm surprised. Oh, no, Kelsey. She's, Kelsey she's like my aunt. That, uh, I, I feel like Diana's like my like weird aunt who's always judging me, but also not just. She said she feels like your grandma. Okay, so she's my grandmother. That, yeah. You know. Yeah, you should start calling her I, Granny Diana. Yeah, I don't want to get slapped. No. Please do. She'll get it. No, she'll get it because she calls you her grandson I, to us. I'm, well, I'm glad. Well, I, why haven't I? I need to text her. Why haven't I seen my grandma in a while? What the hell? Yeah, please. No, do. Yeah, do but, that, please. Well, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm just she'll know that like, I told what you. What the F, Grandma? Why haven't we hung out? <laughs> okay. Please, anyways, please that's going to happen while you are uh, reading your story so you can get distracted. Uh, all right. You ready? My goal is I'm going to try to like take some breaks. Because I feel like I get too buried in it and I don't give myself a minute to breathe. So hopefully I'll remember to be yeah, like, okay, I, mean, I I've read, like, gave myself absolutely no room to breathe and I tripped over my words the entire time. So that happens. No, you did fine. You did fine. All right. I can tell as soon as I open my eyes, I'm hurt. Not bad enough that I'm dying, but also not so little that it could have been because of a fall in the snow. I look up into a focus melting, silent fall of snow. Fat, white flakes tumbling down, slowly beginning to bury me. It's tempting to not move, not take inventory and see how bad I've been hit. I could just stay here and get buried beneath the cold, silent snow, forgotten and safe till the first melt. My eyes blink open and shut slowly. Feels like way too much time is passing in between each blink, and the darkness pulls a little harder each time my eyes shut. Something snaps in my mind and I realize that I'm going to die if I pass out here. The snow will pull me under and I will never wake. Fuck that. I am not going to get killed by the weather. I smell burning and feel a rush of heat as adrenaline pours into my body. I sit up fast and almost vomit. My ears are ringing and there is still blood leaking from an open cut on my head. I'm pretty sure there's a concussion here somewhere as well. The world spins around me. I take a few deep breaths, then pull myself up to my feet. The snow melting off my bare hands 
as I bounce up and down trying to get my blood flowing. For the most part, all right, arms work, one leg seems to be in pain, but probably not a break. Some sore ribs, but nothing I can't handle. I've definitely had worse. Have... Have I had worse? I try to think back. I know I have. I know I've been like this before. I've been hurt worse. But when? I open the bag next to me that must be mine and dig through it. There's an old leather-bound book. I flip it open. It's filled with a jagged and alien lettering. There's also some food, a canteen, small tent... Knife, compass, map, 20-gauge slugs, and a blanket that I pull around my shoulders. Strapped to the side of the bag is a shotgun broken down into pieces. What was I doing here? Some kind of survivalist camping trip? My hands run over the wood and steel of the shotgun. Then my heart sinks, and the pieces start to fall into place. I was in a clearing in the forest. Snow was falling thick but I could still see the trail where I had been tramping through the snow. But that was about 30 feet away from me now. And I could see another trail through the snow, this one wide and made by something massive and loping. It ran perpendicular to the trail I left, and then away into the forest. It was beginning to be covered in the falling snow, but there was definitely blood on that trail. I had been attacked, thrown 30 feet and I had definitely lost whatever conflict there was. Then it hit me. Whatever was out there was still out there somewhere waiting for me. My mind went blank and calm, and a smile broke over my face. Well, last time, I was apparently not ready, but this time, however, I heard it first. The faintest crunch of snow, and I whipped around and dropped into a steady kneeling position as two glowing electric red eyes moved towards me from the trees. There was no standoff. As soon as we both knew that we saw each other, we both acted. The eyes lowered to the ground and darted towards me. I felt it again. The adrenaline hit, and I smelled burning. Time slowed around me, as one hand grabbed a slug and put it between my teeth, biting and put it in my mouth, teeth biting into the yellow plastic. The other hand was pulling slip knots free on my bag. The two halves of the shotgun dropped into my lap, and I looked up, as my hands began to assemble the gun on their own, I could feel each thump of my heart as the monster bounded out of the wood, bounded out of the shadows. I could see the snowflakes eddy around the creature's movements. It ran on all fours, but seemed like it could probably walk upright. It had a long, pointed muzzle full of glittering metallic teeth, already soaked in blood with strips of flesh and fur hanging from its mouth. Its electric eyes were matched with a with metal that had been obviously grafted over its head to protect its brain. The horns that grew from it were traced through with metal as well. As it bounded towards me, really only two or three paces away at this point, I saw that its legs and body had been reinforced and extended with some kind of shiny metal. As it ran, actuators extended and contracted its artificial body, making its gait faster than expected and nightmarish to watch. It was gray and almost blended into the snow. My gun was loaded and pressed into my shoulder, and I took a deep breath and waited. I would only have one shot, so I might as well make it count. Thump, thump, thump. My heart beat, and I exhaled and felt warmth course through me, as if in a slow trance, a snarling half-organic and half-artificial monster launched towards me. At the last instant, I exhaled and pulled the trigger. A small hole punched through the metal cover over its brain and sprayed red out the back of its head as it crashed to the ground in front of me. 
Without pausing, I grabbed another slug, broke my shotgun, and reloaded, all the while never taking my eyes off of whatever this thing was. Miss, I'm a friend. Just lower the gun and let's get. That thing might not be alone. I started and swung the loaded gun around to see an old man looking at me, some kind of snowy (laughs) cowboy, canvas jacket and cowboy hat and all, his face lined with age, and he was armed. I'm Leonard, miss. I'm going to get you out of here, but we need to be quick and quiet, okay? Just lower the gun and fuck you, old man. I don't know who this guy was, but one creep in the woods was enough. We just stared at each other, and the moment got awkward. Then the creature snarled and twitched. I spun around and slid back and fired all at the same time. At the same moment, another gunshot went off, and I turned to see the old man lowering his rifle. We had each shot out and we had each shot out one of the faintly glowing electric red eyes. Who are you, miss? How'd you get here? Was this thing a friend of yours or something? Oh, yeah, we were besties, you know, thick as thieves. This ignorant old man. Look, I can give you a ride back to town and we can sort out how you got here. Yeah, I think I got it covered, thanks. He just sighed. Fine, freeze out here then. Serves me right for trying to help someone in the woods. Heaven forbid, guess I should just go pound sand or some. He mumbles as he walks <laughs> He walks off back the way he came. I watch him go and hesitate. I have no idea where to go, where I am on the map in my backpack, or where the nearest town is. Uh, maybe I should go with the weird old cowboy for now. But, on the other hand, I wasn't wrong. One creep in the woods was enough. I can get you help with your darn bleeding head wound! Shit. I reach up and touch my head, and sure enough, still bleeding. I run through the woods to catch up to the stumping old man. Alright, I'll go with you just to keep an eye on you. Hmm. I mean, I can get if you don't want my gosh darn help. Eh, it's fine, cowboy. I'm deciding to... I'm deciding to trust you until my head wound stops bleeding. Leonard. What? My name ain't Cowboy, and I ain't a cowboy. Okay, so you're some kind of park ranger. No, I just help folks around town, you know. It's hard to explain, really, but sometimes people are idiots, and they're foolish, and I make sure they don't get too mean. So you're like some kind of handyman. Sometimes. Week past, a fella needed help getting a boiler out of his basement, and I just took it off his hands, you know. Just loaded it up into the truck, and... Leonard? I was joking. That was a joke. So you're, what, the sheriff of... What? And where are we? Hmm. We're in the woods near nearby the Barlow farm. No, no, I mean, you said there was a town. Where? What town, Leonard? Leonard just looks at me, clearly trying to wrap his old brain around some kind of confusing puzzle. What's your name? Um, I think hard, but I draw a blank. My mouth forms a word almost in spite of itself. Liv. I think? Okay, Liv, where are you from? No idea. How'd you get in the woods there? Not sure. Where are you headed? Into town to get my head fixed, I guess. What was attacking you? 
Uh, Cyber Goat Dog Wolf. Cyber Goat Dog Wolf. Ain't band. got no. That's my new band. Cyber Goat Dog Wolf. <laughs> Ain't got no memory, huh? Well, I remember how to shoot a shotgun. Darn amnesia. Amnesiaed ones are the worst. Well, you're in Bolivia, Indiana. It's January and it's the 5th. And I'm guessing this was your final destination. We seem to attract all manner of the paranormal. Well, maybe that ain't you and maybe it is. But we've had mysteries blow into town before. And lots of times I'm the welcoming wagon. We got to the edge of the wood, and there was a horse tied up to a tree. Whoop, sorry. Gonna take a breath and yeah, take yeah, that. You got whole it, dude. I completely understand. But was it Cyber Goat? What was it, Cyber? Wait, hold on. Really? What is Cyber Goat? What? What was it again? What was attacking? A Cyber Goat, goat, dog, goat wolf. dog Wolf. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> we got to the edge of the wood. There was a horse tied up to a tree, brown with white above its hooves and on its nose. The saddle was worn leather, dyed from weather and use. Hanging off the saddle was a bow, arrows, a small hatchet, a machete, and a long holster for his rifle. You ride? <laughs> what, horses? Um, I don't think so. So let's just go with no. Uh, I think one head wound is enough. Right enough. Better not to find out. Well, this is Jesse, a retired carter horse. Anyway, you can walk beside the track that we made coming in. How friendly of you, Leonard. You really know how to treat a lady. What? Why you gotta be so ornery? I was trying to help. What? Is this what you do with all the biddies that you date? Just take them out into the woods, let them get a head wound, and then make them walk home. You said you ain't know how to ride, and... Oh, no. No. I love the cold. Walking is fun. Ah, shoot. Maybe you should have just left me back in the snow. Oh, now, shut up, you. What? I'm having a great time with the Bully View Welcome Wagon. And that is the end of chapter two. <laughs> I'm proud of you. So, okay. And this is less of a story thing and more of your telling. What I really, truly like is that, like, you do, like... From the point of view of the characters, you do the voice differently. So, like, Leonard last week had your voice. And it was, like, a very standard thing. This week he has, like, your weird, like, old country bumpkin voice, which I appreciate. So, like, like to me, it does a good job of telling the story of, like, how different people sound to different people and, like, in the change of perspective. Yeah. I, I, I really like the way you did that. That was, like, a very clever way of doing that. I, yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. This was fun. To, I, I enjoy writing these characters barbing oh, yeah, at each other. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's always fun to have characters, like, just throw stuff at each other. And I don't mean, like, physically. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. Um, I, I like where you're going with this. Um, what's another note that I need to, like, go back to, like, actually writing notes down so I'm not just sitting here going, uh, uh, uh. But, you yeah, know, I, I, I like... I think it's a good start to the story. I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, sucks for her because she's now stuck in this and you can't really get out once you get in, which is kind of what I'm getting from your story and from your world. Oh, no, you kind of can. People just generally uh, okay. don't. It's not It's not trapped. You're not trapped forever in this town. It's like a town that you can go to yeah. and leave. It's just generally people uh, don't. I mean, I, I like it. I got no more real notes because it was just pretty much a solid little transition of like you're doing like your nice little beginning stuff. So I don't have like too many notes other than like. Yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah, I'm I, I'm like getting it's weird because I'm like starting to feel like by the end of this chapter, I felt like I got the characters better because at the beginning of it, I didn't, which I think this would probably be something that would be fixed by going back and rewriting it, um, which might happen yeah. someday. But 
it does like having character one i like doing first person narration yeah. for sure um and i feel like by the end of this i kind of got better how the character would talk to themselves i guess um yeah. which i don't feel like i have down really well for leonard yet so we'll see on the next time there's a chapter from his perspective but that's something i struggle i, I struggle with prose like i like writing dialogue i hate writing everything else everything else is a chore to me i do not like writing like descriptions of things because i'm bad at it (laughs) um so that's what i need to work on that's what that's what i'm unsatisfied with in my writing i like the dialogue that's fun yeah i i mean i don't know i think for me the easiest part to write is dialogue especially with the characters that i've written because they're just me and my friends yeah (laughs) it's like like it's very easy to talk like they talk because these are conversations and things i would say so like the the, the dialogue is very easy and i've always like tried my hardest to describe things and like like from reading other books and reading different things like i know that like there's no true method in describing things you just have to go with what works for the style that you're going with yeah you just like, kind of have to read do it some will, books where like, like, they'll re- literally just like describe the building the um person what the person looks like and then to have a long conversation and every now and then describe like movements and stuff and that's kind of more or less what i've done and then i've seen other things where every single detail humanly possible is done in this very poetic very flowy way and that's not a way i write and that's necessarily a way i think should all writing should be i think it just depends well and it's like i try to be like evocative with stuff and i think i do an okay job at that and there's times when i find it fun like i don't know the like uh Think about her, like, waking up in the snow after being, like, knocked unconscious, basically, and losing her memory. I, like, thought that was well enough written, you know? But it's just, like, writing dialogue is fun. Writing prose is a chore. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's a struggle for me because it it's the part of the story I like to write the least. Because what I want to do is just be, like outside and then well, two yeah, characters and, and, are talking to each other but that's not a that's not a story that's a that's a screenplay yeah, yeah. You know? i um absolutely completely get that because like that's kind of how it comes with me sometimes but like a lot of times i found have found myself writing more like around a certain image in my head so like when i did like the first part of this for the like our first story series well our first part of this like story series that we're now doing is there, there was a scene where Nate was sitting with a cigarette in their hand, just like watching the smoke, like billow in front of their face. And like, I built the scene around that image of like, Oh, coming out. The, right. Like, is this like, okay, well, what is like, okay, they're sitting here. What's going to make this image pop of them sitting like crouched with their um, cigarette and just watching the smoke. What's going to make that. There's another scene I have later, which is like the same thing where like Nate's like staring up at the sun, like the, it was like so I started with the image of lips slightly parted and then I built the rest of the scene. And I like description like that and that I think is how I felt about like the you know like looking up yeah. at snow that's like slowly falling and like mesmerizing as it just kind of like makes your mind water to watch like that like your eyes go unfocused as snow is just like pouring towards you, you know. Um I know that can be like comforting and like drag you down. So I thought that part was good, you know, like and I like writing that. I just I don't know, I think I have I struggle with like stringing that together into like an extended sequence where there isn't dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just painful for me. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things I'm working on, I guess. And 
And uh, uh, like, this is another like, and yeah, we don't need to finish this conversation. Off. But another thing I did like writing wise, like I really wanted to get like to the bulk of like the scene. So I did like exposition of two pages of one of my chapters where it's just like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. I just want to speed through this shit. Cause it's like, that's not the part that matters. And like, at least where the character's head at is he's like, he's feeling numb to things. So yeah, he's just going to kind of glide through things and just get through the exposition part. But man, was that such a slog to just write out everything in like one big block of like, here's the things that happened in the last eight hours. Now here's the stuff anybody wants to actually read about. <laughs> Well, and it's why I'm looking forward to like basically every scene from here on out is that now Leonard and Liv have met each other. <laughs> so I have my two main characters that can talk to yeah. each other about stuff. So yeah, that's, that's fun. And the, like, um, so there's like the little because we've talked about you being a discovery writer type things. That's like the only parts that's like to me is like discovery is where I know where the conversation is like but what what point like so there's like the bullet points i was like i want them to say this this and this but then like as i'm writing the conversation it starts to flow more and like fill out and like i like having the characters talk so like i guess style wise yeah. in what i would have done for this past chapter is like okay i want nate to talk about rachel and i want danny to talk about superheroes and then the rest of it like turned into its own like um conversation so that was really cool anyways right yeah, yeah. so that was that was these chapters. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just weird not like having a next thing to roll for so we can keep going and just be like, okay, well that's the show. Bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Cody, you got anything else before I close out? Fox Machina was okay. Are you gonna keep doing that to me? Just, 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 just. To... Yeah, basically yeah. forever. I'm just gonna keep Va- saying Fox yeah, Machina. Yeah, because he, he does. Okay. I just don't care. I just literally of all the things in my life, I just don't care about Fox Machina. I can tell you're indifferent. And it's just fun to give vague answers to things, or like yeah. kind of non-answers. I, I just like like the description. It's like, yeah, it was good. It's like, okay, what was good about it? Ah, it, it was good. Well, anyways, it's yeah, totally fine. Great. All right. Anyways, thanks guys for listening. Um, we will catch you next week. Where I'm guessing Cody still wants to keep going with this story. Okay. Cool yeah. beans. Yeah. Unless we want to take a break to discuss romance uh, if you want and i also have a couple other episode ideas that i definitely should have talked to you about before we record it anyways we'll talk maybe (laughs) maybe we can do that at the end of our stories we'll talk to you on the flip side bye (laughs) bye